Hello, my name is Anthony Shivkumar, and welcome to the Vancouver SEO Expert Podcast. Today, I want to talk about the different ways in which you can produce content. I think I've come up with approximately around seven to eight different ways in which you can produce content. So I'm going to share with you the different ways in which you can engage with different type of learning styles of your for your of your audience so that however they want to learn or consume that content you will be able to access or they will be able to access your information accordingly so let's get started the first way of producing content is in a written form which we generally call blogs so a good way to to basically write start writing blogs is to um there's a couple of ways in which you can start to uh write content one is you could record yourself and transcribe it but the whole idea is you want people who like to read content an, an audience that prefers to read you're giving them an opportunity to educate or an opportunity to learn more about your your company your services or just educating in general through written form and blogs is always been the standard ever since the internet had begun it was mostly to text and verbal form of communication that really brought the internet to where it is today so and i and it's and it's not going to go anywhere in the future it's written form is always going to be there because if, if it stops then you will not have any books online no amazon wouldn't exist so books is always going to be there and as long as people read books people will read content and for the most part your searches are all done mostly through um uh, typing on search which is text and then you're basically that information that is retrieved is most likely a text based information as time progresses of course you know there's going to be things like you know just you can talk to a device and eventually that will be able to speak back to you but whatever that information wherever that information is coming from it's probably transcribing the text into audio so the first form of writing content is basically through text the second form is podcast like this and if you really do not want to write you can always speak and you can transcribe this into written form and share it as a blog post but there are two different modalities in which you are expressing or conveying your information and for those who are for those of for your audience who is more uh, would rather like to listen than to read this is a great way or a great form in which you can share information so do not underestimate the power of podcasting podcasting is nothing but audio I mean if you're listening to this podcast you you clearly know what podcast is but in simple term it is nothing but a audio version of a blog you know that's that's pretty much it, what it is and it's much easier to speak because in 10 minutes of me speaking I can produce so much more content than me actually typing and writing a blog post I personally do not just transcribe my audio into blogs I like to write my content um completely from you know I like to write my own content uh and it takes time because I like to really express my thoughts and I like to you know word my sentences properly and it's very different from the way I speak uh though I'm trying to convey some of the information might be very similar but when I write in written form I generally write 
in a way that as if I'm documenting my own processes, documenting my knowledge, my experience and whatnot. And that's a little bit more different than me just speaking out through a, through a mic like what I'm doing right now. The third form of generating content is by producing or organizing or hosting or participating in events. And events is a nice way to basically engage with the local community. You can conduct small little workshops teaching people how you do what you do, whatever services you provide. For example, in our case, we provide you know, SEO services. So we conduct small little workshops with our local community and we teach them, you know, what is SEO? What are keywords? How do you rank? What's content? What's content calendar? What's a great, what are the elements of a web page? So you can have a workshop that constantly educates those, your the community or people who are interested in learning more about what you do or perhaps trying to apply the information themselves on their own if they do not want to spend too much money. But and you can take that content, you can record your events, and then you can take that and share it on social media. And you can share, you know, you can share the video version of your events, you can share the audio version of your events, you can write a blog post on those events. But events is, yes, blogging, podcasting, and all this stuff is generally um, the way we consume content. But events is a nice way to even interact one-on-one with the, with the community in, in real time. I mean, you're physically out there and they are physically, you know, they can see you. And that alone will build, build a brand awareness in some form. And you're generating content. It's not, not, you know, it's still content at the end of the day. As long as you're sharing information, you can almost think as content is nothing but information. And how you share it does not matter. So events is another great way to basically position your brand as an authority. And a lot of people forget about hosting events. They think about all these things. All, all of content needs to be done only online through online methods. And I don't think that is true. I think as much you should be spending as much time using offline methods as as much as you are using online methods. And online methods are nothing but like this podcast is digital. You don't see me. You don't feel me. You don't touch me. So that's a digital form. But in an event, you can, you know, see me. You can speak to me. You can come one on one to me. You can you can physically touch me, you know. So that's an offline method. But it's important. The third way of generating content is something that I call marketing resources. Marketing resources are a great way to summarize content as a whole. And you can give that to your readers in exchange for some little information. That could be the email ID or phone number. So for example, if you read a blog, say a marketing made easy, and you read the Ants and Ultimate Guide blog. And at the end I say, hey, you know what? I would summarize this whole blog post if you fill in your user, if you fill in your name and email address, and I'll send you a small little checklist so that you don't, so that you have a condensed version of what this blog post is all about, and you can apply it immediately. So, marketing resources can be checklists, can be eBooks, can be white papers, can be infographics, can be maybe even a video, um, but it's generally a a form of content that you want to share only after you have exchanged like an email address or an or some form of information from your audience. You don't wanna just give it out for free. You want something in return. And that's the reason why we call it marketing resources because it is not readily accessible, but it's not too big a hurdle for someone to you know, give in their information so that they can get something valuable in return. Another way in which you can promote content is by creating courses you know, online courses. 
And that's where you're teaching your community or teaching the people who are interested in knowing more about what you do and how you do through a curriculum. And you're educating them in a more structured manner. A blog is, you know, could be very random. Yes, you're educating them, but it's random. There is no, you know, course one or a curriculum one or a chapter one or whatnot. You know, you can read a blog in any order. Similarly for a podcast. Yes, we have our podcast in sequential episodes, but every episode is not necessarily relevant to the previous episode. And you can pretty much listen to any episode whenever and however you feel like. But when you have a course, it's much more organized, which means chapter three, if you're, you know, giving if it's based on chapters, you know, your your course curriculum or chapter three will will be dependent on whether the listener or the reader or your student has passed or understood the previous chapters. So it's a more organized way of sharing content. And I believe every company that wants to really dominate the online space space must have some form of curriculum to educate the users accordingly. So don't underestimate the power of creating courses and it could be free, it could be paid depending on what your what your your business plan is and whatnot, but having a structured form of of educating is very is kind of essential in this day and age. Another way of promoting content is through video, video blogging. You know, YouTube is, I think, the second most used search engine after Google, um, though they're owned by the same company, Google. But you can almost be certain that a lot of people like to see. Most of us are visual learners. So you can promote your content using video. So you can just put a camera in front of you and basically talk about, you know, what you believe that someone needs to know or your audience needs to know and you can educate them through video format. It's not much for me to tell you because there's so much tutorials online on how to basically start a video blog and video channel and whatnot, but it's a great modality in order for you to communicate with an audience that is a very visual learner, that are very visual in their learning styles. And most of us are visual in our learning styles, don't get me wrong. But some of us prefer, you know, a combination of a lot of things. We prefer a blog, we prefer to listen, we prefer to do, uh, also watch. And it also depends where you're doing it. If I'm in a company and I'm working in a company and I still want to, you know, access the internet, perhaps reading a written blog post is way more convenient than me watching a video because watching a video might, might seem as if, you know, I'm distracting, I'm not focusing on my work at hand. And not everybody wants to play videos when they're working, but reading content, you know, and in one of your tabs is not a bad thing. Like it's, it's nothing wrong with reading some little content. It just it's just another way of subtly educating themselves without being too obvious that they're being distracted or whatnot. You know, I just believe that it's a subtle way of of consuming things without without being too um, without someone portraying you as if you're wasting time. So I. F- think right, having all types of forms of content is very important. That's written audio or video. And the, the, another thing that you can focus on is infographics. Infographics are a great way. It's very picture-based where you're trying to communicate your ideas through information, but in a graphical way. I mean, that's what infographics is, information in graphics. And it's a nice way to, you know, just it's just one picture. There's nothing moving on the screen, but you're educating the users through a timeline, through a process, or through the way, through a pictorial form. And if you ever look at a National Geographic magazine, it is filled with this kind of, you know, 
pictures based information because somehow we as humans are able to absorb a lot of information just by a few little symbols and our brain can almost connect the dots very very powerfully a great example of why this works is because you know if you go anywhere around the globe and you want to use a washroom it's very rare that you're going to receive a written form you're probably going to make the decision based on the icons on the door and if it looks if it's got a small little you know triangle kind of like a frock looking picture you know it's a girl's bathroom and if it's uh, just a man's if it just looks like a symbol of you know someone just standing it's most likely a man's bathroom that those icons communicate so much that you can almost make instantaneous decisions and it's just the way our brain is developed so infographics taps into that part of our mind where we can connect the dots so quickly just by these small little icons and those icons are not you know superior in design or what not but it's just a difference in width and in, in proportion and a little bit of sh- and, and shapes that you, suddenly the interpretation makes us understand that this is this is a men's bathroom or this is a women's bathroom a washroom or what not it's those icons that matter and 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 that's what infographics does it's basically able to tap into the mind of our mind where we know what these symbols represent and by assembling the symbols and icons in a such a methodical way it we're able to com- the, the graphics is able to communicate a lot more than a written form or a video form or a podcast can do because that's just the way we are so when so this is, to me is the real authentic way of visual learning using pictures and icons and symbols rather than someone just talking on the on a piece of camera and in terms of video also there are a couple of ways in which you can you know expand on video which is you can use video graphics you can use motion graphics you can do animations you can do uh, still you know you're just standing in front of the camera and you're just speaking or you know it could be an actually a movie production kind of a thing so even in video you can be very creative in the way you want to express your content and in each one of these you can be very creative and you can mix and match as well in your blog you can have videos you can have podcasts you can have infographics and in your infographics you can have a have a, have a podcast attached to it so that people can you know listen to your your explanation of what the infographic is and don't use don't think of all of these different these 7 to 8 different types of content modalities as in isolation think of them that they need to work cohesively and that is important because in your blog you can put in an infographic you can put in a blog podcast as i mentioned and you can even promote your events that way you know once you go to an event you can say if you want to know more about what we have done you can go to our marketing resources and then you can basically download a checklist you can download the white papers you can download the infographics and infographic is a nice way to add to your marketing resources or an ebook your ebooks can be filled with combination of your blogs and some infographics So as you can see you can mix and match and you got so much different types of permutations and combinations to produce something really unique. And that's the way I firmly believe how you should be promoting and generating content. It's not just using one channel one or the other. It's a combination of all so that you are now able to have content for all types of learning learning styles. The majority of us are visual learners, 
but a lot of us are also very inclined if you want to go deep in a subject we'll be more inclined to read it rather than rather than watch a video and whatnot so for those who want to attain mastery they will prefer to read those who want surface level information they may just want to use infographics and watch a video those who want a little bit of both they may listen to a podcast and whatnot and if they want to go even deeper they may even register for your online courses and that's what we want we want to tap into people's learning styles based on where they are in the learning spectrum in the sense you know are they just getting started are they more intermediate in their knowledge in what you're teaching are they more advanced and do they want to attain mastery and you have a product or you have content for all those type of audience and that's how you really can dominate the content marketing sphere I hope this episode was useful where you can basically tell yourself, go do an audit of your own website and see how you can improve on your content. You know, are you missing a lot of, you know, visual elements on your con- on your in your content marketing and you have a lot of written form? How can you use that to maybe add podcasts? How can you basically create workshops? How can you create events? How can you basically transcribe some of it and create video? And another way of easy doing is, you know, create a video, extract the audio, make it a podcast, extract the text and transcribe it and you have a blog. And a lot of people do that. I'm not a big fan of using one content and extracting a lot of it. But if you don't have time and you believe that it's valuable in all different types of you can extract it and you know share it on all different forms and in, in using different forms by all means go do it so that you can make your life easier but figure that out on your website do a complete audit of content and see what do you believe is important and do two things at a time i don't believe you should do all of it at the same time do two things at the same time so if you're focusing on blog on written blogs and maybe you can do written blogs and infographics you can add a little bit of pictures to make sure that you know you're you're conveying the information better and in, and it's not just infographics it could be even pictures it could be um, any visual elements for that matter of fact that can convey the message or illustrations and whatnot so and if you're doing a podcast and combine podcast maybe with blogging a podcast with a workshop or but just do focus on two things at a time do not focus on all seven you will burn yourself out master those two do and keep it keep a rule you know like if you're doing 15 pod after you finish 15 blogs then i'm going to start doing podcast and if i finish you know say 20 podcasts because podcasts would be much easier to create than compared to writing blogs then you can say well, now i've got now i've got my podcast done then now let me focus on blogging so start with one and then focus on then slowly bring in another modality into your content marketing and then slowly bring in another one. So start with blogging, then podcasting, then video. And then you can use pictures, you know, to, to basically uh, use that to communicate, to make your blogs more, more enhance your blogs, enhance your podcast and whatnot. So that's a rule of thumb. Do not use all these forms from day one. You, it is not practical. Focus is important. So use one that you feel is more appropriate, which is easy for you to get started in and then start adding all of it. In a span of two, three years, when you have a long-term goal, then you, in a span of two, three years, you should be able to incorporate all these seven things into your marketing and your content marketing. But when you get started, focus on one. After every four months, you can always start to add one more layer, you know, a one more, add one more to your content marketing arsenal. And that's the way I would approach this problem. So you keep things simple and that's how and just let me know how you can go up there and when you if you start to implement any of this you know you can always go to our blogs um subscribe to our blogs you can also even send me an email at blog that blog at com. i hope this information was useful 
So uh, I highly recommend you to go to blog.ansan.com and subscribe to our blogs. You can even subscribe to this podcast on Google Podcast, on Spotify, and on Google Play. You can even uh, go check out our Ansan website and see if a service that we offer might be relevant to your, it might be something you're looking for. And if you want professionals to work on SEO and content marketing, you know, you can always send us a message and we'll be glad to help you out. If you want an audit of your website, you can also get in touch with us. But nevertheless, take this information, apply it and let me know how it goes. Thank you once again for listening to the Vancouver SEO Expert Podcast.